does not look like anybody's showing up, does he? No, it doesn't, Marv. I'm sorry. Right, here we go. So um, I'm, I'm going to do something off the cuff now. Are you, are you ready for this? Have you got your list? Oh, <laughs> yeah, but okay. I'll, I'll, I'll play along. I don't know how good I'll be, but I'll play along. Hey, everyone. Uh, Marv here, and I'm speaking with Ricky from Sleigh Bells and a Mistletoe Christmas, who felt really sad that she couldn't make the, the episode where we had the group chat about Christmas films. But um, I was interested in finding out what Ricky's choices would have been for films. Hey, Ricky, how are you doing? Hi, Marv. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me back on. That's fine. It's great. Great catching up. So um, before we say that, what have you got coming up maybe that you're looking forward to coming out soon? Well, coming out immediately, Mary and I joined forces together for an episode called uh, Reindeer Games for Humans. And really, it's all about talking about games you can play at Christmas. Now, we do some historical Christmas games and then also add in a few modern ones. And it's One of my favorite ones was called Bullet Pudding that Jane Austen used to do. So it started in merry old England and it started with a face full of flour by the way you go hunting around for a bullet with your face inside the flower. So it's kind of dangerous. And there's also one that dates back to the time of Shakespeare called Snapdragon. And they dim the lights, which at that time would have been candlelight. and For the holidays, they would take dried fruit that had been soaked in brandy or some other kind of liquor, and they would set it on fire. And inside was something that everybody was trying to go after, or the treat was they got candied fruit. So you'd have to quickly dash your hand into that fire and snap it back out if you wanted any of that dried fruit to be able to eat for the holidays. At that time, that was something very special for people. For us nowadays, dried fruit may not be the thing, but that was kind of a dangerous thing. So anyway, we've brought it up to modern times and just are hoping people will have fun this holiday season by playing some games. And um, so that's one. And then we have one coming up that I'm really looking forward to. It's like three different episodes, Aluminum Christmas Trees. Now, this was before our time. (laughs) But I have an expert, and he talks about the history, how they are now, and how they're sometimes making a comeback. And then Mary and I are encouraging, uh, in some of our final episodes for the year, Christmas books. And we've selected a few. One of them is called Christmas Jars. And this is written by someone who... The story is based around a jar that through the years just filled with extra coins and extra money. And then at Christmas time, that jar that's been filled with money is given to someone in need. And it could be any kind of need. But in particular, uh, it this is a wonderful little story and it started a worldwide movement. So now people give the book and a Christmas jar so that people will fill up that jar through the coming year and do it. Uh, and use it for something good to be able to help someone out who may be down on their luck through no fault of their own. So we're going to be doing that, but we have found that books are just uh, Christmas books are a wonderful way to keep things going, you know, keep that Christmas spirit lingering a little bit longer after New Year's. 
Yep, absolutely. Uh, if children are listening, uh, join the, funnily enough, join the Christmas film group chat. Uh, Ken Sweeney mentioned a book that the title isn't really a giveaway to it, but uh, Santa Claus does feature in the uh, Julia Donaldson book, which is a ch- children's writer, the book Stickman. He appears in that, Santa Claus, and that is a lovely, lovely book. If anyone's ever interested, I think it's oh. good for adults as well as kids, children, really. A lot of those crossover into adulthood. Yeah. Okay. Stickman. I'm going to add that one to my list then. De- definitely a good one to buy for kids. If, if okay. you've got kids to buy for. Uh, I've got a few of them. So that sounds good. But she, She's a good writer anyway, because she wrote The Gruffalo and books like that as well. I don't know if you know that. I don't. In fact, I'm I'm always on the lookout for new Christmas books, so I'm always open to suggestions. And I just think they're wonderful where they're a quick, short read or something a little bit more in depth. There may be a few genres that may not be my style, but I'm open to so many Christmas books because I just think they help keep the Christmas spirit alive and well, no matter what time of the year you're reading them. It could be 100 degrees outside in the middle of July. And if I'm reading a Christmas book, I still feel the magic of the season. So it's all good. That's okay because I mean most most Christmas films and Christmas music is is recorded in the middle of summer anyway. It is, just as we talked about with our episode together. I think almost all of that Christmas music was recorded in summer, and it had to be, so it'd be ready to go by the time the season came out. So you're absolutely right on that one. Well, the uh, the uh, the Christmas song, uh, Chestnuts Roasting, was written in July. Yeah. Yep. And I'm trying to think of so many of the British Christmas songs that were written in the summer that we discussed on our episode together. And it, it seemed like all of them were. And and so many of them came from the 1970s that uh, they were written then. And then they're still alive today and written in the middle of summer to be ready, especially like the Pogues. And I'm trying to think of some of those songs. They escape me right now. But but yeah, that's one thing that we discovered. And it makes sense. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's kind of crazy how you have to prepare in the summer for the holidays that are going to come around. So makes a lot of sense. Well, there's a lot of people who actually start their Christmas shopping in the summer, aren't there? Well, that's why they have Christmas in July, because they have found here in the States that it's become pretty successful. If you can shop early on and get deals at that time, people will buy. So I think if there's an opportunity, just do it. Now, that's not really part of the Christmas creep that we're becoming famous for in the States, but still Christmas in July, it's a lot of fun. It kind of gives you a mental break from the dog days of summer and it lets you kind of escape to a a cooler climate in your mind. (laughs) Absolutely. If anyone's interested, there's good episodes of uh, Holidays After Dark. Um. Christmas Past with Brian Earl and uh, Scott from Holly Jolly Christmas have all discussed this subject of uh, Christmas in July. At SBMX, we do a Christmas in July special every year where each week we feature an episode on a particular topic. And that's the only time in the off season that we do a weekly episode 
One year, it was the Sears catalog wish book. Another year, it was a Coca-Cola Christmas. That was fun. And coming up next year for July 2024, we're going to take a deeper dive into Santa Claus. And it's pretty amazing, some of the things that we're finding out. So we're looking forward to that one. Wow. That's great. Anyway, on to these films that you've chosen, Ricky. Do you want to <laughs> do you want to list them then in, in any order and then explain probably the reason why they mean so much to you? Okay. I'll start that one. Flicks with Christmas foods. I know everybody thinks about elf uh, when it comes to famous foods that come from movies. But for me, it's a Christmas story because I see Ralphie and his family sitting around an evening meal and they're eating meatloaf and mashed potatoes. And I kid you not, every year after I watch that movie, I am craving meatloaf and mashed potatoes. So it will be on the menu pretty soon. And plus, it's just a really cute film. It's been around for years. Uh, it has the Christmas Story House that you can actually visit in Cleveland, Ohio. Wow. And next door, they have the museum. But it's a it's a place where you can not only visit, but stay the night if you want. So it's a really cute entire just experience all on its own. Another one, I always try to find a new Christmas movie to see each holiday season. This year, I have two. One of them, and I'm going to be honest, I'm not really a Hallmarky type person, yep. but Hallmark is putting out a Biltmore Christmas. Now, Biltmore, for those who may not be familiar with it, I call it America's Castle, but it's actually where Vanderbilt built his home and lived in North Carolina. And this estate is nothing short of beautiful. They've turned it into um, a museum that you can walk through and look at. During one of the tours where I was there, oh, Marv, I kid you not, they said that a table within reach, there was a chess set on top of this table, which supposedly had been owned by Napoleon. And it was all I could do not to reach across that roped off section and touch that <laughs> chess set just simply because of its historic value. But wow. the estate is beautiful and they dress it up at Christmas time. I've tried to have them on the podcast, but uh, it's not going too well trying to get them to return my contacts. But a Biltmore Christmas is set in World War II and it actually looks quite promising. The other one I want to see this year. It's French, but I'm going to pronounce it in English, Joyous Noel. It's a 2005 war drama, and it was based on the Christmas truce of December 1914 between the French, British, and German soldiers. Yep. And although it's fictionalized to agree, a degree, the event is real itself. Uh, and the basis is uh, Wilhelm, the German crown prince, is sent is sending a lead singer of the Berlin Imperial Opera on a solo visit to the front line, which led French soldiers in their trenches to stand up and applaud. And everything about the December 1914 truce of World War One is quite touching. And I just wanted to see this movie. It's supposed to be really, really good. So I'm hoping it lives up to its acclaim. Um, when it comes to classic Christmas movies, the Christmas classics, 
I know I go against the grain because most people will always pick It's a Wonderful Life. And it's a good movie. Uh, But for me, it will always be White Christmas. I love the music. I love the style. I love the humor. I love the fact that it's actually set as a Christmas story. So that's one. And as I mentioned, I'm not a Hallmarky type person, yep. but I do enjoy a good holiday rom-com. And for me, that is While You Were Sleeping with Sandra Bullock. Yep. There's just so much to love about this one. Two of the highlights for me, it's the character of Joe Jr. I think he's hilarious and a scene stealer. And then the other part of this, and I watch for it every year. I'm not even sure why this scene is in there, but somebody left it in. It didn't end up on the editing room floor. There's a scene of a kid on a bike with an early morning paper route. And as he's delivering papers, he totally turfs it and wrecks on the sidewalk. And I just find myself laughing at his little mishap every everyone. As far as the streaming Christmas movie goes, one that I actually really enjoy And there is a faith-based twist to this one. It's not overly preachy, but it's very good. And it also has music in it. And that is The Christmas Candle with Susan Boyle. It has a lot of nice actors with uh, from Britain that are appearing in this. And if you were to watch it, you'd recognize most, many of them at least. But that one was a surprise one for me. I thought, well, I don't know if I'm going to go for this. But yeah, it was a good one. The Christmas Candle with Susan Boyle. Wow. And she's not the only one that sings in it. So those are some ones you should check out. I, I didn't even know about The Christmas Candle. I've seen it mentioned, but I knew nothing about yeah. it, who was in it or what it's about or or anything. It's been suggested to me and recommended by the streaming service. Well, I want I want to say that even though it talks about faith, it's not a a preachy in your face kind of thing, but there is that storyline. So for some people, that's going to be an automatic turnoff, but there are some other things about it that make it really quite charming. And it's been one that even though I don't watch it every year, it was kind of the sleeper surprise for me. I went into it thinking, oh, I don't know if I'm going to like this. And then I'm like, okay, it's got me. It's got me. <laughs> so so that's one that I enjoyed. That's about it for me. It's a bit like uh, when um, the other year when Netflix brought out the first of the Christmas Chronicles films. And I thought, mm, I'm not sure whether I'm going to like this or not. But it was something about Kurt Russell in the role of uh, Father Christmas playing it like he was uh, basically jack from um from the uh oh big trouble in little china he's almost playing the same character but doing it as santa claus yeah and in that movie i thought i don't know but you know he gives santa a makeover and i thought and I'm not sure if this is going to fly or not. It totally did. Yeah. I mean, even the jail scene where he's actually doing the singing, um, he's doing really well. That was a cute, cute movie. I had to watch the second one two or three times before it grew on me. And I'm OK with that one. But it's hard to do a follow up movie to one that takes off and proves to be kind of an instant hit with a lot of people. Yeah, because because I'm just carrying on basically there with, with that because you were talking about the streaming and sometimes when you look at the look at these films you think 
I'm not sure because it's direct to stream and I'm not sure if it's really going to work for me. And that's what I like is when suddenly you get, you know, nice golden nuggets, shall we say, Yes. you know, that are there. Uh, It's a nice feeling to have something like that rather than put it on and think, oh, I'm not going to get that an hour and a half back. I've done that. I've done that with a Hallmark movie. I thought, oh, wow, two hours of my life just gone. And I'm like, it's not coming back. But, you know, it's they have a following that's pretty incredible. And if that's your thing, great. But thankfully, there are some other options out there for those of us who may not get into that as much. The one that kind of disappointed me, and I'm trying to remember the name because it was after the book. the boy called Christmas. That's not the name of it. Do you remember that? The boy called Christmas. Oh yes, I've heard of yeah. it. I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard of it. Well, and to be fair, it was a long time ago when I read the book, but I think I expected a little more of it. But um, it wasn't quite. It's not bad, but it wasn't great, and I was expecting it to be really, really good, but still worth a watch. That's that's great. So, thank thank you for 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 sharing those those films with us. I'm glad that you did. That gives people more to look forward to. Um, do you want to tell everybody where to find you, Ricky, and how to get hold of you? Sure. We are on most of your social media. Just the most strongest ones are Facebook, X, formerly Twitter, and Instagram. Our Facebook group and on X on Twitter. We have a lot of fun and interaction, but you can find us on all of those. And of course, you can find the actual podcast on Apple, Spotify, Libsyn, and a variety of other streaming services. So wherever you find your podcast, just type us in, look us up, and uh, come along and join us. We do Christmas all year long. So we take a couple of months off at the beginning of each year for a long winter snap. But we talk about everything for the holidays. So uh, October is Christmas Music Month. July is Christmas in July. Each episode has Christmas news that Mary does. And you'd be surprised what you'd hear in that with some of the stories. And then we also do special episodes like Christmas Destinations, where we take you to a particular area and tell you what sites to see in that spot. So come join us. We have a lot of fun and you'll even learn some things along the way with some great guests. Okay. Right. You can, uh, you can find pods like us on any streaming platform and we're available on Instagram, Twitter, um, Instagram, Twitter threads and Facebook. Yes, we are on Facebook as well, I believe. And contact us through podslikers at gmail.com. I can't remember. I can't believe I forgot that. (laughs) I've done that before. (laughs) Everybody have a wonderful Christmas. Take care. That was interesting Perfect. for a made up on the spot. Perfect. Okay. Well, 
now you can just chop that down however you want. Um, you know, it's kind of one of those things I know that I don't really, um, like I said, I'm not like a, a super dive into movies. So the ones I threw up are probably no, nothing surprising or by any means, but, uh, oh, I don't know. and and if, and if you find that you don't want to add it, that's fine too. I totally understand. I'm You're- making a thing all of its own out of that. It's, it's going out <laughs> as its own special extra bonus episode. Okay. It sounds good. All right. Well, Marv, thank you so much for that. All right. Take care, Ricky. Thanks. Okay. You too. Bye-bye.